This is Alive with Joseph. Amen. Good to have you in the service. And I'm excited at what the Lord is doing for us. You know, last we've been looking at the supernatural church. And today is part three of the supernatural church. I've come to discover that it is easier to do things in the supernatural than in the natural as a believer. We have this mentality as believers that the supernatural is hard. But the truth is, it is not. The supernatural is not. Why? Because the supernatural is the natural habitat for the believer. It only takes you hearing about it. And when you hear about it, you begin to function in it. So let's begin from the book of Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 verse 11 to 14. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabyte tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the land of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? When you started the story very well, it was God prompting Gideon to begin to function in the supernatural. Now, while Gideon was busy asking God, where are all the miracles? God was saying to him, that is actually not even a question. Because I have put something in you to produce all the miracles you had before that I did. Now, Gideon was looking for an excuse to escape from functioning in the supernatural. He was looking for an excuse to stay away from the miraculous. And look at Gideon's excuse in verse 15. Gideon said, and he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. But God was already telling him that there is might locked up on the inside of you. I don't want to know how poor your family is, and I don't want to know how least your family is in Israel. What I know is the gift and my callings is irrevocable. I've put a might on the inside of you. You go and function in the supernatural because there is something in you that I've deposited that makes you, you know, you are beyond the ordinary. And you listening to me this morning, I speak over you. Every might that is locked up on the inside of you, every grace that is locked up on the inside of you, every anointing, the power of God that is locked up on the inside of you, I declare this morning, let it be unlocked in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me hear your loudest, amen. Now friends, in order for that might to be unlocked in you, what must you do? What must happen? Now, this is what must happen in order for the might to be unlocked in you. Go with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Bible says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first 
and also to the Greek. He said, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto soteria, unto salvation, unto sozo. Now, what is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is the gospel of grace. And the gospel of grace is the power of God unto salvation. And why is the gospel of Christ power? The book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So friends, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And what is that gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is this. The gospel of Christ is the death, the resurrection, and the glorification of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel of Christ. Anything that is not the death, the resurrection, the glorification of Christ is not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto healing. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto deliverance. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto prosperity. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto enlargement. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto expansion. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto a barren woman becoming a joyful mother of children. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto a pauper having wisdom to become a multi-millionaire. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto a nobody becoming a somebody. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto a dying business becoming a profit thriving business. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto an employee becoming an employer of labor. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. That is the gospel of Christ. It takes a non-entity and makes him a some entity. That is the gospel of Christ. And the Bible says that is what unlocks the might that is on the inside of you. Listen friends, you don't need a handout. You don't need a welfare from any government. You don't need any handout from any organization. What you need is the gospel of Christ. Why? Because the gospel of Christ takes you from nothing and makes you something. I declare over you this morning by the power of this gospel, whatever is broken down in your life, let there be a restoration for you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me hear your amen like a believer. I want you to shout right there where you are in your home. Shout the gospel of Christ is power unto me. Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. He said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Because it is the power of God unto me becoming whatever I want to be on this planet earth. So friends, this is what the gospel of Christ must deliver. If it is the gospel of Christ, this is what it must deliver. Verse 17 of the same Romans chapter 1, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. 
Friends, the righteousness of God is not revealed outside the gospel of Christ. The righteousness of God is revealed inside the gospel of Christ. That tells me, friends, any gospel that cannot reveal the righteousness of God is not the gospel of Christ, no matter how religious it may sound. Because when righteousness is revealed, the Bible says in that scripture, you graduate from faith to faith. You graduate from glory to glory. So, friends, the gospel of Christ is the revelation of your rights and as a believer. So when your rights is revealed to you via the gospel of Christ, you go from faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. And why many Christians are not going from faith to faith is because they do not have a revelation of their rights. When your rights is revealed to you, when you know your believer's bill of rights, you move from one level of faith to another. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The revelation of your rights is not a privilege. It's your right. It's your right. That revelation, the revelation of your right takes you from one level of faith to another. It is your right as a believer. It is not a privilege. Go with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting. Because your faith grows exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Your faith grows exceedingly. Hi. Your faith grows exceedingly. So friends, when, when, so friends, God wants your faith to grow. As newborn babes, the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. And Paul came in a letter to the Thessalonian church. He now said, God wants your faith to grow exceedingly. So what are you supposed to grow in? In your faith, growing exceedingly. Number one, you are to grow in grace. Number two, you are to grow in faith. Number three, you are to grow in love. As a newborn babe, when you desire the sincere milk, you grow thereby. What are the things you are to grow thereby in? You grow in grace. You grow in faith, you grow in love. So why must your faith grow? You may ask, Pastor, why must my faith grow? Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said, don't think of yourself too much because wherever you are, whatever you are, is by grace. Never forget that. You are a product of the grace of God. It is, if, because, listen friends, if it is not grace, you will have ended long ago. So he said, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. That is to say, friends, he is simply telling you and I that the greatest resistor of grace is pride. 
And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. So let, let's, let's check what is pride. When we talk about pride, what is pride? Listen to this. Pride is confidence in self-achievement. That is pride. Pride is your confidence in what you can do. And that is why religion does not have power. Why? Because religion is doctored with pride. Religion is, I am righteous by my own self-effort. And that is why the Bible makes it clear in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, that God will always resist the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What is humility? What is humility? Humility is your confidence in what Jesus has done. It is you humbling yourself when you recognize what Jesus did for you. Which is, if it was not for Jesus, you would be nowhere. Humility means, it means to be of one mind with God. It means to agree with God. That is why I say humble yourself. So humble yourself, you humbling yourself doesn't mean that you are walking like someone who doesn't have life. It doesn't mean, you know, you're walking lifeless. That's not humility. That's not what the Bible calls humility. Humility is not in your voice. You know, there are people who have tiny voice. And you people just generally think that because their voice is tiny, they are humble. That is not humility. Are you understanding me now? Your voice is not humility. You could be a proud and arrogant person, but you have a tiny voice. So humility has nothing to do with your physical posture. Humility has nothing to do with your physical appearance. Humility has nothing to do with the, with the loudness or the, 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 the softness of your voice. And that is not what the scriptures say. Humility is you acknowledging what God has done for you. It is you agreeing with God. And listen, friends, I've come to understand that you never know a humble person until they are under pressure. Under pressure, a humble person speaks the word of God. He or she is saying, in the midst of all of this, my strength is in the Lord. Humility is agreeing with God, being of one mind with God. It is taking sides. Listen, humility is taking sides with what Jesus has done. That is humility. Pride is rejecting what Jesus has done. It is you trying to do it yourself. Pride is a denial of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It is a denial of what Jesus has done. And when you do that, God will resist you because God will not have you disdain what his son has done for you. Go with me again to Jeremiah chapter 2. Let's go quickly. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. The scripture says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In the book of Galatians chapter Chapter 3, verse 1, brother Paul now came, you know, strengthening, you know, strengthening this scripture in Jeremiah. He now came and said, 
Oh foolish Galatians who had bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now when Paul was calling them the Galatian church, when he called the Galatian church foolish, he wasn't insulting them. Rather, he was describing their state of existence consigning the gospel of Christ. So when he was calling them foolish, it wasn't an insult. He was describing their state of existence in terms of the gospel of Christ. It means they were displaying a set of behaviors that was conforming to the definition foolishness. They were displaying a set of behavior that was conforming to the definition foolishness. That is to say, friends, the Galatian church were acting in a way that was consistent with the meaning of foolishness. What was their consistency with the meaning of foolishness? The apostle Paul began to address it in verse 2. Look at their consistency in the meaning of foolishness, which means if you are displaying this, you are also foolish. Hey, verse 2 to 5, and I said, this only... This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit of the, the spirit? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you not made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the spirits to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, this is the character consistent with foolishness. He's saying to them, what makes you foolish is not because you didn't graduate from Vets University. What makes you foolish is not because you don't have a PhD, master's degree, MBBD, MAAD. Oh, no, no, no. He said, what makes you foolish is you starting in the spirit and trying to finish what started in the spirit in the flesh. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, you started the journey in the spirit and now you're trying to end it in the flesh. He was saying to them, you started in the spirit. How did they start in the spirit? That is to say, he was saying, they got born again by faith in the finished work of Christ. They didn't get saved by their own human efforts. So why are they not trying to sustain their salvation by human efforts? So friends, a denial of the finished work of Christ is sacrilegious, which is viewed as foolishness. So a rejection of what Jesus has done is a rejection of grace, and a rejection of grace is pride, and God cannot tolerate pride. And that is why many are not walking in the supernatural. They keep rejecting what Jesus has done. In the season like this, we're beginning to know those who are humble. 
in a season like because this season has put pressure on every one of us. Now we are beginning to see those who are humble and those who are proud. Those who are proud are trying to fix things around them by their human knowledge and their human effort. But for those of us who understand that we are what we are by the grace of God, we keep looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So you do not walk in the supernatural if you consistently deny what Jesus has done for you. Jesus Christ is the grace of God manifested. Jesus Christ is the grace of God manifested. Where effort failed, grace came and res rescued us. Even Listen friends, even when your effort is intact, you still need grace. Even when your effort is in intact, you still need grace. You must put down your effort and embrace the gospel of Christ, which is the death, resurrection, the glorification of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When you embrace the grace of God, what others are struggling with suddenly becomes very easy for you because it is not about you, but it is about what he has done for you. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, the scripture says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Listen, friends, God has given to every man the measure of faith. That is, nobody has a greater measure of faith than another. Every one of us have been given equal measure of faith. That tells me whatever I can use my faith for as a pastor, you too can use your faith for it. So every one of us as believers has been given equal measure of faith. But you may ask, well, pastor, why am I not using the measure of faith that I have? Two things quickly. Number one, ignorance of what you have is the reason why you are not using the measure of faith that has been given to you. Number two, you need to grow in the knowledge of what you have. How do you grow in the knowledge of what you have? You grow in the knowledge of what you have by exercising your faith at the level in which you are in. You start releasing your faith at the level in which you are in. You start engaging your faith. And the more you engage your faith, the more you release your faith, the muscles of your faith will start getting stronger and stronger. And after a while, you begin to do the things you couldn't do before. Friends, listen to me. The grace of God has paid for it all. And by faith, you are to take the delivery of everything that the grace of God has paid for us. Hallelujah. Give Jesus praise right there where you are. God desires to see every one of us walk in his realms. And listen, friends, in the realms of God is where full dominion is. And that is where you experience the fulfillment of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is where you begin to experience and begin to enjoy that which redemption has made available for you. Friends, it is time you get out of the natural. You don't walk in the spirit temporarily. You walk in the spirit as a lifestyle as a lifestyle it is time for us to begin to walk in the spirit as a lifestyle not as a temporal journey the bible says in the book of habakkuk 
chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the jaws shall live by faith. That tells me, friends, living by faith is your lifestyle. Whether you are sick or not, you live by faith. So that by the time, even if sickness comes, your faith is already active. So that when the sickness comes, your, your faith will take care of it. Listen, friends, Jesus lived and operated supernaturally using the faith currency on this planet earth. When Jesus was on this planet earth, he took care of things with the faith currency. He took care of every issue that confronted him with the faith currency. And that was why when he walked this earth, he took time to teach his disciples how to live by faith. He took time to teach you and I as well how to live on this earth and to live on this earth by faith. The Bible says, in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and Jesus answered him, saith unto them, have faith in God. The original manuscript of that scripture actually says, have God's faith. That is to say, your faith is God's faith. What his faith can do, your faith can do. That was why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Why? He was simply saying that the kind of faith that he had when he operated this earth, that is the kind of faith that has been given to you as a believer. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. As a believer, you cannot operate supernaturally if you do not walk by faith. And walking by faith should be our daily living. It should not be something we do temporarily. And the Bible makes it clear for us to function in the supernatural, we of necessity must walk by faith. Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Please go with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 16. Go with me to Galatians, chapter 2, verse 16. I read, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Can you see that? We are justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. That is, what you have is the faith of Jesus Christ. He said you are justified by the faith of Christ that you have. You have God's faith. When you got born again, the measure that was given to you was God's measure. God's measure of faith was what was given to you at the point of regeneration. Listen, friends, you are not justified by human effort. You are not justified by the works of the flesh and the works of the law. You are justified by the faith of Christ that is on the inside of you. That is why when you embrace the gift of the faith of Jesus Christ, the gift of the faith of Jesus Christ justifies you. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have 
peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. With faith, the faith of Christ. You are justified by the faith of Christ. And how do you know that you are justified by the faith of Christ? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You have the faith of Jesus. Child of God, if there is nothing else you get out of this teaching this morning, I want you to walk out and know that you have the faith of Jesus Christ. It is a gift that was given to you at the point of regeneration. With that faith, you can do anything on this planet earth. You can change situations. You can turn circumstances around. The same way with that faith, Jesus walks this earth in the supernatural. You too can walk this earth in the supernatural. Lift your voice and declare boldly, I have the faith of Christ. Type it in capital letters and declare boldly, I have the faith of Christ. Lift your voice and give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The same faith God used in creating the universe is what is on the inside of you. That same faith is what is on the inside of you. Actually, if you understand the power that created the universe, that resurrected Christ, that same power is what is on the inside of you. Let's balance it a little bit. Go with me to Romans chapter 10. Verse 17. Let's balance it a little bit. How does this faith come? The Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You get faith by hearing the word of God. And you and in the book of John, chapter, in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So listen to this. If faith comes by hearing the word of God, it means faith comes by hearing God. Therefore, it means the faith that comes is God's faith. Because the word you hear is God. And if the word you hear is God that produces faith, that means when that word entered you, God entered you. And when God entered you, the faith of God was produced on the inside of you. That tells me you too can do the works of God. Why? You have God's faith. Amen. Mark chapter 9 verse 23. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark chapter 10 verse 27. The Bible says, And Jesus looking unto them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. So faith is the bridge between heaven and earth. Faith is the bridge between the natural and the supernatural. That means via the ladder of faith, heaven can be transported or can be transferred to this earth. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10, 
verse 6 to 8. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to say to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The world is not thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What is in your mouth? He said the word of faith is what is in your mouth. What is in your heart? The word of faith is what is in your heart. That is what is in your heart, friends. And that is what is in your mouth. So what you need to do is to open your mouth and speak the word of faith that is on the inside of you. And when you do that, you create heaven on earth in your environment. So friends, I don't care how many projects are still ahead of you in the midst of this global meltdown. I speak over your life with the word of faith in my mouth. I declare three months from now, you shall complete that project in the name of Jesus. With the word of faith in my mouth, where your human ability has failed, where the helpers of your destiny are tired, I declare right now, receive completion of projects in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I prophesy by the power of the Holy Ghost I declare right now whatever natural circumstances has held you down before now by the word of faith in my mouth receive victory in the name of Jesus I declare receive victory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah glory to Jesus John chapter 6 verse 5 to 6 when Jesus then lifted up his eyes he saw a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, Hence shall we buy bread that this may eat. And, and this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. The Holy Ghost is saying, I should tell you this morning, you should stop planning naturally and start planning supernaturally. They were looking at the facts. Jesus was looking at the supernatural. They were looking at the statistics. Jesus was looking at the resources of heaven. There are many of you listening to me this morning. God is moving you from depending on natural sources to begin to fly in the supernatural in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ the Bible said he asked them but he himself knew what to do he knew that for this solution to come he must of necessity switch to the supernatural they were busy calculating statistically speaking the money was not there the economy was not balancing things were not coming together in the natural but friends you belong to God and he that is from above is above all things. Jesus already knew that to proffer solution to natural matters, you must move to the supernatural. While they were looking, we don't have enough. Jesus said, where we came from, there is more than enough. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think of. I don't know who you are listening to me. You have been saying to yourself, I don't
don't have enough in this season, can I announce to you, by supernatural supply, receive more than enough. By supernatural supply, receive more than enough. Where your natural ability has finished, I declare over you this morning, by the supernatural, receive completion of project. Receive a testimony. Receive your healing. Receive your victory in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Mogotcha. Till next time, God bless.